Jesus saved from the cross to the grave. He saved. He went down and he came back up. He saved. Good morning, everybody. I am, <coughs> excuse me, Elder Shaw Wagner. We don't have a right to that music. Here on Heavenly Host International Morning, International Radio, forgive me. This is a good morning. I am here at 11 o'clock every Saturday morning, uh, 17325. Euclid Avenue, 4th floor, room 4182. You can also call in at 216-260-0009. I'm here on I, My Sister's Keeper. Amen. Amen. I, My Sister's Keeper. Yes, I am. The Keeper never abandons their post. The Keeper stands watch. The Keeper is willing to ward off any danger to ensure the safety of what is being kept. Am I my sister's keeper? Yes, I am. The keeper is well trained. The keeper is alert. The keeper keeps. Am I my sister's keeper? Yes, I am. The keeper holds the way, but not everyone can enter. The keeper discerns. The keeper hears. The keeper is kept by the one oh so much greater. I vow to keep all my sisters, amen. Keep them in truth. Keep them in wisdom. Keep them in knowledge. Keep them in understanding. And keep them in faith. Am I my sister's keeper? Yes, I am. I have been kept by love, and that is how I keep. Through love. Through love. Nothing else. Nothing else. I have nothing else but love for you, my sisters. <clears throat> so I'm here, we're going to talk about Christ, amen, last week we talked about Christ also, you know, Christ is what life is all about, nothing else, there's really nothing else to be said about that, we can 
shut this show down right now because Christ is what life is all about. If you have some understanding, if you believe, if you know the truth, if you ask for wisdom and know the knowledge of his word and stay in faith, mm, Christ is what life is all about. Not working, not marriage, uh, not having kids, not all the money, none of that, but Christ. Amen. So I'm here to talk to you, my sisters, and my brothers, if you're listening this morning, you on this beautiful rainy day here in Cleveland, Ohio. Amen. That's what we're located. Heavenly Home International Radio. Next week I'm going to have, I say it all the time, but God forgive me. I'm going to have all the platforms that we're on, and I'm going to have <clears throat> how you can phone in again, listen in, or just be a guest. It'll be an honor either way. It'll be an honor. Christ is what life is all about. I'm going to go back over here just a little bit and I'm going to finish the last part, part of it, which is Christ's impact on how we live. How we live. There's a certain way that Christians should be living. I ain't talking about the world. You know, I, I don't have anything to do with the world. I've been there already. I've been in that world. I lived that world. I lived that life. But I'm talking about how what Christ said, how we should be living as Christians, as believers, as servants of Christ, as a mother, as a wife, as a sister, as a daughter, as an auntie, how we should be living. Ladies, I'm trying to tell you something. So hear God and obey. So Christ is what life is. Most of us have experienced at times, <clears throat> perhaps on a vacation or on a beautiful summer night, when we just felt like saying, this is the life. Have you ever thought about that? That This is the life. I'm, I'm, I'm doing what I want to do. I'm working. I got a car. I have two children. Um, I, got a, I don't have a house, but I got an apartment. I'm not staying at home. I'm not staying with anybody. This is the life right here. This is the life I want. I ain't mentioned. I notice I haven't mentioned Christ at all. I said, this is the life that I was my drinking, my hanging out with my buddies, working at McDonald's as a manager, you know what I'm saying, hanging out, doing what I think is the life. Amen. Everything just seems to be perfect. Have you ever thought like that, felt like that? You wish it could go on like this forever, but it didn't go. Things changed within the blink of an eye in my life. It got worse and worse. And worse, I'm still not calling on Christ, which I have known about when I was younger, have been taught about when I was younger, went to church when I was younger. But as I grew, my feelings changed, my mind changed, my life changed. Mm. I didn't give my life to Christ, I gave my life to the devil, to the streets. So things changed, it got worse. And I stopped saying, this is the life. All so perfect. Still hadn't called on Christ. Amen. Still hadn't called on Christ. I'm trying to tell somebody. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Still hadn't said the name Jesus. This is the life. So I thought it was the life because everybody is doing that particular life. So I thought. I only saw 
what I wanted to see. I only heard what I wanted to hear. Uh, yeah. That's why I blind myself to him. He didn't have to blind me. I blind myself. I didn't even think I was worthy even calling his name. Mm. But I come to find out 22 years ago, amen, that Christ is what life is all about. Uh, I can do all things, Philippians 3 and 16. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Hallelujah. Uh, and I want to do all things because he strengthens me to do those things. For him, though, not for me. But for him, amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. But we soon discover, of course, but of course, that in this fallen world, yeah, things do not go on like that this forever. We should be also grateful. I know I am. That I came out of that light, that particular darkness, that sin. Wow. So heavy on me. Wow. Falling, falling, falling. I kept falling. And I couldn't get up. At times I didn't want to get up. Amen. But we should be grateful for the good gifts of God. Creation. But the things of this world will never provide satisfaction that lasts. Nothing lasts in this world. When I say nothing, I mean nothing. Everything has to go. We have to go. <laughs> this world is so full of sin. So, 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 so full of sin, ladies. And ladies, we got to be a part of the, the, the solution and not the problem. You got to understand that. It's, it's a whole lot of late women out here. It's a whole lot of Christian women. It's a whole lot of business women. It's a whole lot of rich women. A whole lot of poor women. You know what I'm saying? <clears throat> it's a whole lot of us. It's a whole lot of people that want to live like Christ. A whole lot of women do. So I'm talking to those that want to live as Christ lived. That want to walk as Christ walked. That's them the ones I'm talking to. Let's be our sister's keeper and get the word out. Amen. I, I love Paul. I love talking about Paul. He's, he's kind of he's strong. But in Paul's letter, especially in Philippians, the apostle lays out for us what life is really all about. Somebody got to tell us, because evidently we don't know what, what life was all about. <laughs> we didn't know that it was about Christ. I know I didn't know. I, I thought I could go to church and then still get a drink. That didn't have to work. Either you're going to live for Christ or you're going to live for the streets, for the devil. Sin is death. Wow. And the wonders of it that he could find joy and satisfaction even while he was under the house arrest. Even while, <laughs> now I thought that even I could find satisfaction and joy even while I was drinking, but I didn't find no satisfaction, no joy. Not, I didn't find anything while I was out there but death. Huh? No peace, no understanding, no wisdom, no knowledge of nothing but death. I knew about death. I just hadn't laid down, sisters. <laughs> Christ is what life is all about. And I can say that over and over and over and over. Christ is what life is all about, no matter what. That's what we should be teaching our kids. That's what we should be teaching others, sharing with others, that Christ is what life is all about. 
Because it hadn't been for him. I wouldn't be sitting here talking to you this morning. I'm telling you, I wouldn't be here. That one always at me telling me don't come. You don't have to go. You can just have them pulling up, but no, I need to be here physically speaking with you this morning to let you know that Christ is what life is all about. Wow. It says here, another, it says here, what enabled Paul to think and live the way he did? The answer is that for him, life meant Christ. For Paul, it should mean that being that for us. Life should mean Christ. And as he said in Philippians 1 and 21, for to me, to live is Christ and to die is gain. I love that word, to gain. So either way, I'm going to gain it even if I die. I'm going to gain Christ. I want to gain Christ. I want to be with him. I want to do what, follow him even in death. So what are the implications of Paul's statement? Why did he make that statement? Why do we make such things? Why do we say these statements? Uh, say he details some of these for us. For one thing, when we recognize that Christ is the meaning of life, we got to recognize that. We got to know this, that he's the true meaning. Now, it just says the meaning, but Christ is the true meaning of, of, of my life. It should be of yours too, ladies. I'm hoping I'm speaking to you this morning. The true meaning. Mm-hmm. And we can trust confidently that in God's providence, all things will work towards the end of exalting the Lord, exalting the Lord, exalting Christ. Exalting Jesus. Lord, Jesus, God, Father, uh, Comforter, all that. He's all that. Another implication Paul talked about, uh, Paul's statement, that to live as Christ is that he was able to grudge properly what his priority, what his priority should be. Now, Jonathan Reynolds, Reynolds says it good. You can move that over. You got to make God your priority. Christ your priority. He should be first, not the last. Or not in the middle. Well, first thing when you get up in the morning and then the last thing or throughout the day. Thank him. But first thing in the morning, even if you're just laying there, some people might get up and pray. Some people might get up and read their Bible, play their music, you know, gospel music. But as I lay there, I go ahead and pray then. Because for me, because for me, if I get up, I know I'm going to do something else within the house. So I lay there and pray then and thank the Lord just for opening up my eyes. That's it. Huh? He that has an ear, let him hear. The heart, listen. Listen to what he wants you to do. What's your will for me today? But you got to listen. You have to be still. Because he's the way. He's the truth. He's the light. Christ is what life is all about. Paul realized that to know Christ meant to know the power of resurrection life, but he also knew that it would entail experience to some degree that the suffering of Christ as well, because we're going to suffer. If we're living for Christ, we're going to suffer. Huh? We, we're going to suffer some things. Whatever it might be in your life, I don't know, but we're going to suffer if we live for Christ. But even when Paul was in jail, he had followers out there. You know what I'm saying? Still doing what he was doing, even in chains. He was in jail in chains, but he was still writing letters. He was still talking about Christ. He still was saving souls right there in prison. The guards that guarded him, he changed their life, some of their lives. A lot of them changed their life, even after Paul got out or died. Them God, I'm telling you. So we got to speak Christ. 
We got to speak into the atmosphere. We got to talk about him and, and not be afraid to talk about him wherever you at. Yeah, wherever you at. And I'm coming to believe that because it's, it's, when I speak freely of him, oh my goodness, it's like it's always somebody there, somebody else there. Like, amen, you better say that. But if I don't open up my mouth, ain't nobody else going to say nothing. So he placed me in a certain place to do that. Amen. So sisters, take some time. Why you got the time? Why you got the time? Do what should be done. Tell somebody about Christ. Tell your kids. Whether they, <laughs> whether they understand it or not, <clears throat> speaking into their spirit. Speaking into their spirit while they sleep. Yeah. While they're eating at the table. Teach them scriptures. Not, nothing big but a little small scripture. Jesus wept. Jesus lives. God is love. Something simple, just so they know about Him. Cause if we don't, if they don't, if we don't teach them, they won't know. If we don't spread the word out there, the people out there won't know. And some people still don't know about Christ, I believe. Or people that won't accept it. Or people that don't believe. We, as Christian uh, women, gotta do what we need to do for our family, for our lives, for our own self. Another priority of Paul as he lived for Christ would be not to dwell in the past, oh my goodness, but instead to look forward to all that lay ahead as he moved towards fulfilling the high calling of Christ on his life. The rules tell us don't dwell on the past and you ain't got to shut the door on it, but don't dwell on it because it's going to be needed to tell somebody how Christ saved me. I got to talk about it, but I ain't got to dwell on it every day. Only when necessary that I bring my old life back into my new life. And it don't be much of that. I don't say much. I don't dwell on it even when I bring it back. I tell it a little bit and move on. But I ain't got to keep telling that story. That's gone. That's dead. But keep that door open just a little bit. Just in case you need to tell somebody what Christ, what Christ brought you from. I had to share that story. Where he brought me from and where he got me at not. Now, Paul just said it, and make it a priority. Do not dwell in the past, but instead to look forward to all that lay ahead as he moved towards fulfilling the high calling of Christ on his life. That's in Philippians. For the Christians, for us ladies, for the Christians, for the men too, <clears throat> all Christians, the best way, the best always lie ahead. Because we can't predict the future. We don't know the future. But if you're living in Christ, I believe that the best is yet to come. I really believe that with all my heart. That the best, even if it's death, I die in Christ. That's good for me. Paul can say it. Paul said it great. He said, I still, I really don't want to be here. But I know I still got some work here. I'd rather be gone with my father. Paul said Mm. Wow. The disappointments of this world are not the final word. You hear that, sisters? The disappointments of this world are not the final word. Jesus is the final word. Or well, well done, my daughter. That's what I want to hear. Well done, my daughter. 
Keep doing what you're doing. Ladies, keep, if you're doing it and you're doing it for Christ, keep doing it. Don't stop. Don't let nobody take that away from you. Nobody. The kids, the dog, the cat, the mother, the husband, the job. Do not let anyone take that. I fought hard for what I got. Trust me. And I'm still moving. But I fought hard. I'm not going to let nobody take it. Even the two girls that I'm raising. They interfere. I'm going to have to remove them. If I see where they're stressing me out and depressing me, they would have to go. Not that it's happening. It ain't happening. But if it does, trust me, they would have to go. So don't let nobody take Christ away from you. Christ is what life is all about right now for me. And I'm hoping it for you. Again, if you would like to call in, call in at 216-260-0009. I am here at Heavenly Host International Radio, and we're global all over the world. So I'm hoping I'm reaching someone this morning. Amen. Somebody this morning needs to know that Christ <coughs> is the way, the truth, and he's the light. Amen. Wow. Paul was a realist. <laughs> he knew that the believers would face, <coughs> excuse me, temptations to take the easy path and get sidetracked by the allure of the world. He knew that. He knew that's going to happen to a lot of us when that pan, when the pandemic came. Wow. You're talking about some sidetracked. Huh? A lot of people, we're talking about Christians, got sidetracked and never came back. See, I know because there's a lot of churches that was open, it's now still closed. So it's showing itself. I don't know where the people's at, I can't ask it, but I know that a lot of the churches is still closed. They got sidetracked. Maybe and maybe they found the easy way, maybe they didn't. Because there ain't no easy way. If you're gonna stay in Christ, you better stay, because ain't no going back for me. Ain't no going back. Because if I go back, I ain't coming back. So no needs me. I'm talking about I'm not coming back to church, to no meeting, and nothing else. I'm going to do what I got to do and move on. See, I know the go back for me is death. I know that. So I'm not going back. So I ain't trying to get sidetracked. I ain't trying to see nothing else. I'm where the truth been told, and that's why I'm going to remain. And like the wedding, until death do us apart. <laughs> you know? Wow. With sorrow in his heart, he warned about those, you hear that he warned about those who were served little gods of their own making, of their own making. So if you're living for Christ, stay there. Because you can't, if, if you leave, you're going to a little God, you're going to do your, serve your own little God. That's a fact. That's in the word. To counteract that, this threat, the apostle held out some sure promises of the transforming power of Christ. All those who belong to him will one day be like him because he is able to even mm, subdue all things unto himself. Philippians 3 and 21. This is yet another way of saying that for the believers to live is Christ. For the believers to live is Christ. Keep the faith, my, my sisters. Keep the faith. Keep the faith. <clears throat> Keep the faith. Wow. We're going to go on and talk about Christ, crisis. There's <clears throat> a lot of uh, colds and stuff going around up here in Cleveland. So uh, if you're here in Cleveland or anywhere near, just be, be, be aware of that, you know. 
take something for it. I feel myself a little bit. Christ's impact on how we live. If we affirm, as a Christian should, that Christ is our life, then it goes without saying that this reality should transform the way we live our lives. It said, if. That's a big word for Christians. <laughs> it's all through the Bible. If we affirm, as a Christian should affirm, that Christ is our life. We got to know that. We got to submit to him. We got to, uh, uh, ain't no convincing myself, because see, I know. <clears throat> I don't have to convince myself that Christ is my life today. That I don't. But he said, if we confirm that it is, I, I confirm. I'm a Christian. That Christ is my life today. Then it goes without saying that this reality should transform the way we live our lives. We should be living Christ-like all day. Not holding it down, but loving someone. Going to the sick and the shed-in. Feeding someone. Closing someone. Talking to somebody about Christ. Huh? That's what he did. That's how we should be living our lives. Not being stingy. Huh? Not only come to church once a week or the first Sunday or just to be seen and heard. Not to be preaching just to be heard. We got to live Christ's life once we live, leave the church. Christians, this is what we should be doing. But a lot of us rush out, going home, mind our own business. I know we see them people out there standing up hungry or with a sign saying help. I see it all the time. I stop once, but I don't make I have to keep stopping, but I do stop. <clears throat> they got the sign saying help. And whatever we can help them with, and we got it. We got to do it as a Christian. Help our brothers. Oh, help our brothers. Help our people. We can't help somebody we always know. We always help the same people over and over and over. That ain't even no Christian. Come on now. In this prison, Paul, the Apostle Paul reveals many ways in which that transformed life will manifest itself. Paul, as we remembered in the previous article, Christ is the light of the world. Christ is the light of the world. So let your light shine. If you're Christ, if you're living for Christ, your light should be shining, not dim, but shining. <laughs> Those who are his disciples should live as the children of light. Light. Those who are his disciples should live as the children of light. Ephesians 5 and 8, verse 14. Wow. One clear way in which we reflect the life of Christ, the light of Christ, is by sharing, see, just said that, sharing the love of Christ with those around us. Sharing the love. Said, love them as I have loved you. That's what he said. That's all he asked. Mm. If you love me, he said, be my sheep. I mean, go and share the word of Christ. Go into all the world. So if you can't go into all the world, go into all the, <laughs> the communities. Go in all the streets, all the stores, all the gas stations. I'm just saying. Your light can shine right there amongst those people. All the corners, all the sick and shed in, 
Wow. Mm. The followers of Christ will realize that a life of active, active love and service is not just a nice option. It's, it's not just a nice option. It is rather a necessary outcome based on the Christian's identity as God's workmanship. It ain't just about, okay, I'm doing it because Christ said do it. No, that ain't what you want. You want to do it from your heart, he's saying. It is a matter of necessarily outcome based on the Christian's identity as God's workmanship. If you if you living for Christ and you love Christ, you should be doing the same thing, loving others. And not just to be nice, but to do it from your heart. Because we his workmanship. Created in Christ Jesus unto good works. Created in Christ Jesus unto good works. We have been rescued from spiritual death for the purpose of serving in God's kingdom. <laughs> oh my God, help Help me, Lord. We have been rescued from spiritual death. I know I was dead. Can't nobody, don't, don't nobody have to tell me that. And I know you're listening, sisters. I know some of y'all was dead. Dead to sin. But you've been rescued. I've been rescued from the purpose of serving and for God. Only for God. God only saved me for himself, not for nobody else. For his kingdom. To build up his kingdom. Amen. The encouraging news is that Christ fully empowers and equips us for this service. Everything we need is already there. So we always saying, I'm talking to my, by myself too, we always saying, you ask God for a mission. You ask God, what do he want you to do? What is his will? As soon as he gives it to you, it's already ready. Everything, all we got to do is move forward and get it. But we're still sitting there waiting. Well, well I wonder when he's going to give me what I asked for, it's already there. It's right there in front of us. But we don't want to see it because we're still waiting on his voice. He's been told us, you asked for it, he gave it to you. Anything I believe that I asked from Christ, I'm going to get it. Anything that's about him, I'm going to get it. And I have been getting it. I ask God for help with the girls that I got. He gets it. He gives it to me. He's given me the resource. He's sending the peoples in my life. Y'all thought, thought I was talking about money and stuff. No. Things of that nature. Mm. I asked God for a few hours of work. He gave me that. So that I can buy things for the kids. Anything that I ask him that's in Christ, I tell you, I get And I believe that you will get the same thing. He equips us with everything that we need for his service. That's all to it. It's already there. Already in place. We can particularly, we can be particularly grateful that Christ has not caused us to live for Him in isolation from others. That's truly amazing. What good is all that, and we still isolating ourselves? We don't go and share. We don't call nobody. We don't do anything. We just keep it all to ourselves. Well, the word is not to be kept. God's word is not to be kept. <laughs> Our job is to go and share and tell somebody. Preach it, teach it, say it, scream it, sing it, shout it, whatever. Mm. He has placed us with other believers in the tight-knit relationship. Other believers, our church family, other churches that you can go and visit and network with. Uh, tight-knitted. That's preaching the truth. 
He has placed us there. Mm -hmm. Amen. Wow. All of God's peoples together from a building filthy. Listen at this. All of God's peoples together form a building fitly framed together. All of God's peoples together forms that. If you're together, that's what it's formed. A tight knitted place for uh, for Christ's people. All of God's people. Unto a holy temple. A habitation of God's through the Spirit. We support one another and glorify God together. That's what we should be doing. Supporting one another. We're talking about the churches. Not the church, but the churches. We should be supporting one another and glorifying God together. Amen. Amen. Another place of support and service for the believer is his earthly family. In this fallen world, of course, not every family is a God-honoring family. But when it is functioning as it should and its members love the Lord, it provides a wonderful display of God's love. Wow. And plan of redemption. Just as within the church, each member of the family has a particular role to fill. Talking about that body. Uh, the apostle, the pastor, the teacher, the, the preacher, the evangelist, uh, the usher, the janitor. Wow. Each person in the body of Christ has, has a job. Each person. Mm. The Apostle Paul highlights some of the characteristics characteristics of a follower of Christ. These char characteristics include qualities that are often in short supplied in the world. For example, a Christian would be marked by lowliness and meekness. Being lowly and meek does not mean that a believer would act as a doormat for people. Amen. Because we, we like that. Because people will step on you. People will step on you. Mm. But it does mean that he will not always be insisting on his rights. He will have a willingness to sacrifice for the needs of others. Lowly and meekness. Sacrifice for the willingness of others. He would be strong, but he would keep that strength under control so as to manifest Christ's love. Wow. So don't try to walk all over nobody just because they they, they, hump, they humbleness and, and, and what they're doing for Christ. Because people will do that. Well, I thought you was a Christian. Well, I thought you was this. Uh, I thought you was that, but I am. But I'm not going to let you walk all over me, though, because I'm doing what, I, what Christ asked me to do. Ladies, I hope you hear that. Don't let nobody in the church walk over you. Wow. He would follow the example of Christ, who referred to himself as a meek and lowly in heart. Matthews 11 and 29. One vital way, amen. Thank you, Holy Spirit. One vital way in which Christ should impact our lives is in our willingness to forgive others. That's powerful. One vital way in which Christ should impact our life, forgiving others. In the Lord's Prayer, Christ said we should ask God for forgiveness with an implicit understanding that we are, meanwhile, forgiving others. Matthew 6 and 12. How can we claim to understand how much we have been forgiven through Christ if we show an unwillingness to extend the same grace to others? If God forgive us, 
You got to forgive others. It's a must that we do that. What's the point of not forgiving nobody and God forgive you? Who are you? Well, who are we to not forgive someone? I ain't going to forget what don't forgive then. You don't got to walk around with that same thing all day. Yeah, here he come. Here they come. But you forgave. So you should be loving on that person. One whole epistle of scriptures. Hmm. Abid is a Abid is a small one. The book of Philemon has forgiveness as its major theme. What a tremendous witness it is to be a world full of malice and long-standing grudges when we show a willingness to pardon the offense of others towards us. Holding grudges forever. I'm talking to the Christian now, the church. Holding grudges forever and ever and ever. And for what? God been forgave you, and you still hold that grudge against your fellow man. Whether it be a Christian or, or, or somebody in the world, you still got to forgive. Because you want God to forgive you. So he said, don't hold no grudges. Well, Philippians 3, 4, I mean 12 through 14, read that. If It should be clear that by now that the Christian's life is not necessarily an easy path to follow. Amen. And we need to recognize that we have not yet arrived at the point in which we are following Christ exactly as we should. But that it is our goal, you know, it's our goal. And by His grace, we can make steady progress. That's what I'm saying. Sometimes quickly, sometimes slowly. You know, I, I, I'm giving God my best at this point, but I know I could do better each day. Each day that I live, that He wake me up, I want to do better. We need to do better, ladies. We have to do better than we're doing. Each day that you're walking, then he wakes you up. Even, and we know we're following Christ, but we can do better. I just want to put that in your spirit. Do better every time you wake up. Do something good for somebody. Go somewhere. Go visit somebody. Call somebody and check on them. Lest we should be discouraged, we need to take stock of the ways that God has equipped us to live for him in Christ. We have already mentioned that he has placed us in families and churches to help us grow spiritually. I, t I can say that openly right now, ladies. I have been placed in a church where I am learning, I am being taught, I am teaching, I am doing Sunday school, amen. I am doing a, a Christian radio show. So I have been taught, and I'm, but I'm still learning. I still got a lot to learn. It's much work, it's much to learn. See, we had already mentioned that he has placed us in families. I've been placed in two kids' life, my two great nieces, and church to help us grow spiritually. Wow. Wow. He has placed gifted peoples in the churches to fill vital roles in his kingdom. Gifted people. Senior pastor, the shepherd, the apostles, some pastors. Gifted gifted to fill the vital roles in his kingdom. They supply much needed support to God's people. In Ephesians 6, Paul detailed for us the spiritual weapon that God provides for us as we seek to live for the Lord. Mm. Spiritual weapon. We, of course, have to put the spiritual armor on, put on the armor of Christ every time you leave out that house, even while you're at home. 
And the very mention of shields and weapons remind us that we are indeed engaged in a spiritual battle. But as we use the tools God so graciously supplied, we have the confidence that we can be strong in the power of God's might. And last but not least, what is our spiritual armor as we do better for the Lord Jesus? We should take particular notice of the shield of faith. Trusting in Christ's promises will enable us to ward off a man. Wow. Tax of discouragement that the enemy of our souls will send our way. Because they are coming. It's coming. But are we ready? We should be ready when they come. The enemy is coming. Whether it be a kid or a daughter or a job or a husband or a wife, whatever, it's coming. Notably valuable as well is the helmet of salvation. A related message passage in one of Paul's letters referred to the helmet as the hope of salvation. There is hope. First Thessalonians 5 and 8. The helmet guards the head, and we guard our minds by bearing in mind all that Christ has done and will do to secure our salvation for all eternity. Mm. But you got to allow them in your life. You got to speak them. You got to teach somebody. You got to share somebody about it. You just can't hold it. Isolate yourself with the word. It's, you can't do it. The element and the equipment that the Lord has provided us in order to live for Christ are the word of God and prayer. Christ himself is the living word of God. Christ himself is the living word of God. He speaks the written word of God to us through his spirit. And this word is a powerful weapon for his people. And prayer is made possible through the intercession of Christ, in whose name we pray and gain access to the Father. See, that's the truth. And you go to Christ to get to the Father. He said, and he said that was the only way to get to my Father is through me. Those are his words. So go to Christ. Live as Christ lived. And I believe if we do, all our prayers would be received through Christ to our Father. Amen. Living for Christ is not a gentle journey, but it does follow a path of rewarding purpose and eternal blessing. At its heart, it calls us to live in the light of who Christ is, the light, the true light, the only light, the true and living God, the great creator and the head of the church, Mm. The one through whom all things are ordered, that in all things he might have the, I know this word, preeminence, preeminence. So Colossians 1 and 18, to live for him is the greatest joy imaginable. And that is some true word, to live for Christ. Now, don't, don't, now, don't live for man, ladies. Don't live for your children or for the job, but live for Christ. And all things, all, mm, all things. You might not get everything you want, but you're going to get everything you need through Christ, only through Christ. Ladies, I just want to thank you again for listening, because I am my sister's keeper. I am Elder Cheryl Wagner, here on Heavenly Host International Radio. Uh, we're here, I'm here every Saturday at 11, so come. Again, if you want to be a guest on my show, just give me a call at 216 254 9050. You can also be a guest 
over the air, on the phone. Just come and be a part of this great, uh, uh, this great commission that we're we're going on, that we're doing today, here in Cleveland, Ohio. I am my sister's keeper. Jesus loves you. Jesus saves, and I love you too. In Jesus' name, we pray. Again, amen. Amen. Amen.